the hell are you, Matt? I am Venom. I'm just kidding. It's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Well, we saw it. You know what we're talking about. You saw the title of the episode. It's a week later. We know that usually we are good about... Honestly, two weeks, I guess, now. Yeah. You know, usually... We'll go to a movie Thursday night. We'll see the preview night. We'll get an episode out for y'all because we want you to hear our thoughts. We this put t- this we one just, off. We, we did we not care. We off. did not care. We had a busy week. and That's came not to, even an excuse. Well, you know, it was a, it was a day. There was an afternoon. We had, we had come off a busy weekend. We were like, we could go see it today. We could get an episode recorded. We could have gotten to see it opening night, too. Yeah. But we didn't want to. So here we are. We saw Morbius. We did. And we got a little buzz beforehand. Yeah, on mead. Shout out to our local meadery. Clear Skies Meadery. We did not. We told them we were uh, watching it for our podcast. We did not tell them the name of our podcast, which is probably an oversight. So if any of you guys ended up listening, thanks for the buzz. But um, Buzz, buzz. Bees, get it? Mead. <laughs> More BS. All right. Sorry. We're talking about bats. Yeah. Not um, the Batman. No, not the Batman. More um, BS. Vampire bats, quasi vampires. Dr. Batman. Dr. Vampire. Dr. Batman. Um, yeah. So you guys already know the deal. Um, by the time this episode comes out, Morbius will have been out for about two weeks. Um, you know, there you, will be spoilers, but honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's you, nothing to spoil. Not a lot going on here, um, and it doesn't really matter. But you know, you've you've heard that the box office numbers have been not great. Um, I'm sure Sony was expecting more because the Venom movies do numbers, but this was not comparable to the Venom movies, except in the bad parts. And it was just we we both walked out. It was just, just feeling, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to say this is not the worst movie that I've seen. This isn't even the worst movie that we've watched for the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go to people and be like, oh, my God, we saw more views. It was so bad. It was just like, it's not really worth the time because not much happens. A superhero movie in 2022 should not be this. This screamed 2006. Also, I think it would have been slightly better if... um, if Sony had a wider Sony CU, I don't know, what are we calling the Sony vert? The Sony the, the Wikipedia, well, yeah, 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 let's call it that. What were you going to say? It has a clunky name on Wikipedia. I think it's the Sony universe of Marvel characters. Okay, let's call it the Sonyverse. <laughs> yes, um, love that. So if, which I know they're like working towards a Sonyverse, but if this movie felt like it was going to be pivotal to the rest of the Sonyverse, I think it could have been better. Like, even if it was, like, the same movie, but it had more, like, stakes to it, I think that you could have been like, well, it wasn't, like, that great of a movie, but think of all the things, like, it's set up for, like, all this other stuff. Kind of like the Thor movies, like, where they're not great movies, but they do set stuff up. Right. Which, 
you're totally right. Or and even what we just watched, which was Age of Ultron, like not our favorite Marvel movie, but we had so much to talk about because it sets so much up for the rest of the MCU. Like Morbius could have been that for the Sony-verse. It didn't even have to be the linchpin for everything. It just, just give like us a something. Little, which, it, it tried. Yeah, but, I was just um, gonna say. Yeah, it's very weird to me because you're totally right. And Sony has access to a pretty wide swath of Spider-Man related characters. They're developing projects for several of them right now. And like both, where was the Craven and the Hunter like tie-in? Or even a Venom tie-in? I mean, he makes one joke, which was in the trailer. Thanks a lot, trailers, for like the Venom joke, but like that's not really being in the same universe. Yeah, I don't really understand because they the Venom movies for I, they're fun movies. I'm, they're not great, but they're fun. So they made a lot of money. And like Sony knows that. They've, they're out there. They're successful. People love Tom Hardy as Venom. So like, why are you not incorporating that into the movie that you're making with fucking Jared Leto that you know that there is negative hype for? You know what timeline? I, I realize the timeline for this movie. The first trailer came out over two years ago. Like, things have gone terribly wrong. This is what they should have done. Dr. Dan should have been working in the hospital. That's it. That's all you need. Like, post, everyone post, loves Dr. Dan. Post-credit scene. No, no, no in no. the movie. Okay, uh, you uh, see him uh. in the movie, right? He, there, and he's there. He talks to somebody. Post-credit scene, flies back to San Francisco, and he's at dinner with... Uh, oh, they're in different cities. Right. They're on the, yeah, I didn't realize that. They're I in guess New York that wouldn't make sense. Well, no, you could, you know, he's, they've loaned him out to another <laughs> okay. hospital. This is, this is the Sony-verse. They could do yeah, it. Yeah, they can do it. He flies they back and he's like, hey, have you heard about this vampire guy? And Tom Hardy's like, no. And then you get Venom being like, oh, we should meet this guy. That would have been great. Great um, yeah. Venom impression, Greg. Oh, thank you. Hire me, Sony. It would have been that piece of shit post-credit scene. Whoa. They have Tom Hardy. Calm down. <laughs> Hire me for the, the the ideas, not the venom voice. <laughs> to be clear, I was that was not clear. <laughs> um. So anyway, apart from which, I'm sure we'll get into more like what we didn't like about it, but maybe we should start with the movie, in into the movie and plot, sure. which was not a whole lot. Also out of order. Don't know what happened. Kind of weird editing. But so we start off with him going to Costa Rica. To get bats. They go to a bat cave. And then or they... Are, or is the only bat cave in Costa Rica? The only bat cave with vampire bats, I think, ever in the whole world. Right. Okay. Um, and then they do a flashback. Which hold, is, hold on. <laughs> Can I... We noticed we looked at each other because the first line or one of the first lines in the movie is... Straight from the trailer. Dr. Michael Morbius gets out of the helicopter that he's presumably been in with the same people for the last couple hours flying to Costa Rica. And gets he's out unwell. His, he's, but yeah, like people know he's unwell. Right. He's this guy. He's been gets unwell out, his whole he's life. He's walking on his cane for 10 seconds and someone's like, do you need a doctor? I am a doctor. What even is that? You don't, do you have a doctor? Why are you asking? You know who this guy is. He uses, he has canes. He's, he's okay. I mean, I guess it's like, are you worse than normal? Was like the question. It was so. <laughs> well, I want to get back to that, but so they cut away to a flashback, which I think the flashbacks are really good. I think they painted a really good picture of who we were dealing with with both Milo slash Lucian, Lucian, something like that. 
and Michael yeah. Morbius. And I want to say the priest guy, but he was a priest in something else. Jared Harris? Yeah. Wasn't I he a priest in forget. something? He probably was. I feel um, like I know that guy from like a million things or something we at least watched recently. I meant to pull it up before we started recording. I thought that the uh, the actor that played young Michael looked the part, but I don't blame them as much as the writing was a little corny. They had that line where it's like, we're like the original Spartans. Yeah, that didn't even really bother me that much. I was rolling my eyes a bit. It wasn't terrible. Well... Jared Harris played uh, Harry Seldon in Foundation. We watched the first episode of Foundation. Oh, yeah. And he's in The Crown for a little bit in the beginning. So I guess he knows Matt Smith from that. That's funny, Although, actually. Yeah, no, that was the Matt Smith season. Um, he was in Chernobyl. We didn't watch that, but I know that was recent. I guess it was Foundation that I'm thinking of, which he was not a priest in. But who was he in but Man from Uncle? I don't remember. Okay. Doesn't matter. Either way, great, great actor. I really enjoyed him. He was probably my favorite character. He was good. They didn't give him enough to do, but he was... I thought he was going to have, like, some sort of villainous turn, so I was glad he didn't. I didn't know that Matt Smith was going to be the villain. I had a feeling. He looked... He was barely in the trailers, but when we saw him, he looked threatening, and we didn't know who the villain was. I thought Morbius was the villain. They don't have... They don't... They can't bring themselves to do that in these movies. Yeah. Like Venom is a villain too in right. the comics. They just can't do it. Which I, I feel like it, it might be a bit more difficult than going like the anti-hero route. But if they were going to make Venom the lovable anti-hero, then I, I think they should have done something different with Morbius. Although when we get to the end of the movie, we can talk about how like I don't even know what direction they want to take him right. in. Well, so anyway, there's a flashback of them as kids. They're both ill with the same blood disorder yes something Which, like a polio but not polio we don't really get any details no in fact we get zero details. which is fine i don't that doesn't matter like no we we understand what's going on and they have a very quick connection uh presumably one day of knowing each other before Michael Morbius is sent to so, school. I feel like it's supposed to be longer. I think I, so, which I'm fine with. They didn't show it like that, yeah. though, because it did look like they sat down and they were like, hi, hi, and then he, like, renamed him or something, and then he, like, peaced out. Which I forgot that that was, like, I know that they said that. They were like, you're just one of the Milos. Like, everyone has been in your seat. Presumably, like, everyone else has died, which is dark. Yeah. Um, And so you're just, like, the next Milo. And then he, like embraces that name instead of Lucian, which go with Lucian, like way cooler. Yeah, Lucian's pretty cool. I mean, I like Milo. Milo's a fun name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. And then we jump right back to the present where Michael Morbius has a room full of bats. And I'm like, how did we get from bats attacking him, everyone escapes in a helicopter to you bringing home? So... Like, a hundred bats. <laughs> so it was stupid. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I think the implication of the beginning was that thing he put up on the cave was a trap. That thing with the strings on it. But they were attacking the helicopter. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't explain that. All right. But I'm, I think he was supposed to... I guess. It, 
That makes sense. It doesn't track. No, it does make sense. Also, he declines his Nobel Prize for creating artificial blood. Yeah, that wasn't really clear that he declined it, I guess, except for the other doctor yeah, or the, the patient. It's the saying? kid. She's like, wow, like you like publicly disrespected the president of Sweden. I was like, he did? Right. Like, they show us him about to accept it, and then they cut to that, and I'm like... Why? Why what why can, don't either just show it or not include what, what it? What can we possibly like, gain from not seeing it? I don't it? know. And I and I kind of missed that it was like artificial blood was like the reason he was getting it. And I was very unclear on why he was drinking like blue blood later. And then I was like, what is that? Why aren't you drinking the blood? And it's then like Danimals. And then they kept saying artificial blood, artificial blood. So I was like, okay, never mind. This is I like mean, why he Yeah, you can't be faulted for not knowing what was going on because by the time we've gone from present flashback present, it's been like ten minutes and they're really just like full forcing this plot. I I would like to just throw out a nice thing early on, because I don't feel like we have a lot of nice things to say. No, so let's get some positivity out there. I actually really like Jared Leto in this. Me too. And I didn't, I, I kept saying before we saw this, I don't like Jared Leto. Jared Leto gives me really bad vibes. He's done some weird shit Which on is all true. sets. All true. And I was just anticipating like really not liking him, but he was really good performance. Likeable guy. Just like. Yeah. Uh, very likable, g- subtle. Like yeah. it was like a subtle acting role. Like you didn't have to be. Uh, "Quote unquote method for it, which apparently he still did some weird stuff. Like yeah. would roll around in a wheelchair, even though his character's never in a wheelchair. I don't know. I saw one article about that. I don't know if that's true, but like if the, it is, tracks, he, he did but, walk around on crutches. At least I saw well, that. The director uh, confirmed that. That's like, understandable. To go to the bathroom. I could understand that. Like if you want to get used to being on that. Sure. Yeah. The Fine. wheelchair less so. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was going to be like maybe like one of the few positive things I had was especially like early movie, like pre-vampire Morbius. I was like, this is just like a cool guy. Like I liked his interactions. I also thought the CGI looked good. Yeah. Yeah. The All CGI of the vampire never, stuff looked really good. Never took me out of it. Like I think Morbius is kind of inherently goofy looking, but besides that, like it was, it was good. The It like, could have used a lot more humor. Yeah. I think that is like some sort of consequence of them realizing that they might have gone down too similar of a route to Venom. And they're like, we can't have this be totally the same. I, that makes sense. But they, it, it was certainly missing something. They need mo- they needed more like Tony Stark humor yeah. in this, like snarky or like Doctor Strange. Because he, he does have a lot of Doctor Strange vibes in some ways. The other similarity I kept thinking about the whole movie was Daredevil. Like, he felt like Daredevil to me. Because of the echolocation? That and just, like, yeah, being, like, disabled but not really. And then, like, having this, like, empowerment because of that, kind of. And then also his surrounding characters felt like the Daredevil characters. Like, maybe that's why I thought that guy seemed like a priest. Because I was, like, his confidant doctor, like, was kind of, like... His conscience in some ways, I thought, even though they didn't have a lot, like that's maybe where my mind went to. And then like his 
the other female doctor kind of reminded me of like Rosario Dawson being like, what are you doing? But I'm going to patch you up every time kind of thing. And like go along with your crazy scheme. Um, So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's, like I personally was just thinking like this has like some daredevil vibes to me and like him being so confident and like how he interacted with the world felt like how daredevil did. I kind of see that. I mean, I'm not going to say I thought like that when I was watching (laughs) it by any means, but I I get what you're saying. Also not a lot of superhero movies like deal with a disability. So even though it was like in a very different way, like he was trying to, quote unquote fix his and Daredevil like embrace being blind. Like very different, but like still kind of struggling with with something there. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think that tracks. When we're still on that note though, I, I did have something to say about his echolocation because there is a infamous change in the lines in the trailer. The first trailer, he's describing the abilities that he has gained from his uh, genetic experiments, and he was—he says as much as like I have some sort of echolocation. I don't like, like the the weird ear ears. thing. No, like why well, they like, had to do that? So like it's it's echolocation. It is called echolocation, yes. and he says that in the second trailer they changed it to he's like I have some sort of bat radar, which and, is in well, the movie. Well, that's what I was gonna it? say because everybody was like. Why did they change it? Like, echolocation was right. What the fuck is bat radar? And then, of course, in the movie, he's like, I have echolocation bat radar for the uninitiated, which I just thought was very funny because, like, it makes sense to have both. Like, for I his, guess. To, for him to say that and be like, it's this, like, kind of... But, like, when they did it in the second trailer, it just made it seem like they were dumbing everything down. Or they, they were like, well, which one should we use in the cut? Both. <laughs> yeah. So that... I was, like, waiting to hear that because I was like, why did they change it? And I was like, okay, well, they should have just put the line in. That part where he, like, walks into the bat cave, for lack of a better word, felt very Batman Begins. Like, the music started, like, pumping up and, like, it's creating a funnel of bats. I swear to God, that part of the score just ripped off the the Hans Zimmer Batman movies. It's got the... I I was thinking that. Yeah, when it played that, I was like... It was like pumping, like, like the you, Batman score. I don't, I don't know another word for it, but it like pumps. It's like it's pumping. No, it does not and pumping. Pumping like a heartbeat. No, that's what I said. I know, but you said it like it's. Oh, okay. Well, I certainly agree. And whoever composed this, you're not slick. You definitely just stole that <laughs> shit from Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird watching this so soon after watching the Batman because like. They really lean heavily on the bat part in this and not so much the vampire part. And maybe they thought bats were an easier sell than vampires. But I'm like, but he is a vampire. Also, to to quote a Reddit comment that I saw about this, this might be the most bloodless vampire movie of all time. Yeah. No blood besides the stuff in a bag. Like we hardly see any. Yeah, like when people die. Well, because I get they, I guess they wanted to keep the rating PG thirteen yeah, or whatever. But like, it didn't seem like they shot it that way, because on the scene on the freighter ship, it was shot weird. He like slices somebody's neck, and you like kind of you see him. He's like holding his neck and he's like gurgling, but like there's there's nothing there. So it kind of seemed a little conflicted about its level of violence. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to pull off, I guess, As, like especially in 
you know, making it a um, comic for all audiences versus a movie for all audiences. But it didn't bother me too much. But I was like, oh, this is a little you wouldn't expect that from a vampire. Um, do they say in the flashback scene that Matt Smith is rich? Not as far as I know, <laughs> but you do see him get out of a limo. Oh, okay. To That's get to fine. the That's thing, enough to which be. I like kind of noticed. I, like when that when they showed that, I was like, "Oh, is this how they like bring everybody here?" Or <laughs> but no, all these sickly kids get I, brought in a you, limo. You might as well. Um, in like the sixties. In the sixties. I don't. How know. old are they supposed to be? Okay, fine. Eighties. I don't know. Yeah, probably. At first, I thought. Well, I and I still kind of thought that their illness was like an allegory for AIDS because I was like, well, they're definitely doing this li- that they're gay. Like I thought that was like. Oh my god! So obvious. If they, if they had actually tried to do that allegory, I think people would have never let them live that down. Well, yeah, and like as it went on, like that's not what it was. But I was like, and I I just thought that like we weren't like even joking around with them just being gay. I was like, oh, yes, they're in love with each other. Like, no no further questions. And then they introduced this, like, female plot. And, like, I don't think it's, like, wrong to say that, like, Matt Smith's character is gay. I mean... Right? Like, I, I don't even... I Is that even up for, like, debate? I didn't really read that, but I don't... I don't know. I didn't really find myself being like, oh, this guy's definitely gay. I He's definitely in love with Jared Leto. Like, when Martine and Jared Leto are, like, kissing on the rooftop, you can see Matt Smith, like, looking at them across the way. And he's, like, angry. Like, yeah. he's definitely, like, jealous. And, like, he asks about her to him. And, like, I... I mean, I would be very interested to hear other people's takes. Like, I do think they were doing some queer baiting, but I also thought, like, they were straight up implying, I guess, that Matt Smith, like, was in love with Michael. Damn, I got none of that. Really? I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but, like, no. Like, I was just kind of, because I wasn't really doing a whole lot of thinking. So, like, they were feeding you, like, they're, like, brothers, so I was like accepting that, but you're right. Like the whole thing with him, like watching them, like kiss. But that it was really always Michael that said we're brothers. Yeah. And Milo Lucian being like, "I'll do anything for you. I will go to the ends of the earth for you." Huh. Like it felt very much. And I, I mean, I could be like, I guess looking into it, but I, I think it was more than subtle, especially Matt Smith's character. I mean, I'm not. I gonna, do agree that I, Michael was like saying the brother rhetoric, which I, is I feel like kind of common in like coded gay language a lot of times i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue the point but i would love to hear what other people have to i, say I would it. really like i because i i thought it was obvious so i i would be very interested to hear what other people thought if that's what they were trying to do then like i wish they would have just like been more like transparent yeah. about it that would have made that plot a lot more compelling yeah because i do just think like, it would have been more compelling yeah because i think matt smith's character was like good yeah and i thought i understood where all of his, like, in acting terms, like, triggers and heaps where, like, I knew what was driving him the whole movie. And I think early on when the trailers came out or, like, the interviews were starting to come out to promote this, like, Matt Smith said something along the lines of, like, I don't know what my character was. 
Yeah, I actually, which I, is I, kind I, of surprising because I felt like his was actually really fleshed out more than other characters. I pulled that back up because I was a little bit confused about that too. Um, yeah, so there's this Screen Rant article from back in March. Originally, his character was listed as a character named Luke's Loxius Crown, who was like an existing Morbius character. Um, but that's not what he is. He's a completely different character. I think he's mostly created for the movie, maybe oh, based okay. on something. That makes more but sense. But in then. an interview, he was just kind of saying that he wasn't aware of the comics history of his character and didn't look into it because the script doesn't delve into his history at all. That makes more sense then. Um, yeah. And he was just saying like, but he did have like something. Cause I just feel his, like he did a lot with it. Right. But he, he also was like, isn't someone else playing this guy? He's like, I'm, I'm a little bit confusing. He's like, it's all a bit confusing to me, to be honest with you. He's like, it was all a bit odd whether it was Loxius Crown or not. I'm still not quite sure, to be honest. So people are like, because uh, like, obviously the character is different, but like, I, you know, Matt like, Smith was a better so part of this movie. That character, but, uh, yeah. That, that makes know. sense, like, in terms of, like, the story as a whole, like, who is this character right. supposed to be? But you probably don't want your, if you're in the <laughs> studio, you don't want one of your main actors to be out there being like, I'm a little bit confused about my character. Yeah. Well, he dies anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't. Okay. So, moving along with the plot, he talks to Martine about doing these experiments, splicing vampire bat genes with human DNA. And it is, according to him, ethically questionable and maybe dangerous and certainly illegal. So they have to conduct it in international waters. And Which is that dumb, is about like, 15 miles off the coast of Long Island. I knew they kept saying <laughs> off of Long Island. I was like, okay. I was envisioning them like out in the middle of the Atlantic, but no, they were right there the whole time. Also, that I think is the last time we see, or maybe when he comes back, the girl, his patient. We never get a resolution on that. Nope. They put her into a coma, and I'm like, are we going to find out what happened? No, because there's no ending to this movie. Okay, sorry. Continuing you're, on the you're boat. You're so right, though. She's still taking the I just thought of nap. that. I just thought of that. She's going to wake up and be like, Where's Dr. Morbius? Or where's um, the other, the nurse that dies? Also. Which, uh, don't we see Morbius being the one to kill her? And then they're like, it was Matt Smith? We, it looks like, it has the same face, but it's, we don't, there's nothing telling us that it's Morbius. It just uh, looks like a vampire. But we don't see the long hair. Mm-mm. It's, you see it from a, I thought it was You see Morbius. it from a distance. So you can see his face clearer than the hair. I think that's on purpose. Okay. Well, yeah. Because he wakes up and he doesn't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, so the boat, which for unknown and questionable reasons is armed with a militia, who they don't get along with. Who are these guys? Why? What is happening? This is all Matt Smith's doing. Yeah. He's like funding this. He's like, yeah, I got a bunch of assholes who will barge into your space. Are they worried about, like, being attacked? I'm, I'm the captain of the ship now. Uh, look, I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why they have guns. I don't know why that guy comes down there and starts bossing her around. 
and just being like a nurse. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was that? That whole exchange was extremely confusing. Also, they don't give Martine any, like, anything about her. We have no background. Nothing. No. We get her name. She does not exist outside of and the that scenes that she's she in. She is a doctor and has a crush on Michael. That's it. That's literally it. Now, I personally, from a like inclusive inclusivity part, would have liked to see like a kiss or a romantic thing happen before he like changed into like what he became. But that's just like a very small side note. Yeah. Would have been nice. Cause I, but I do believe that she has always liked him and like cared for him this whole time. But I just would have liked more of a inclination. Like it doesn't matter that you're now like have a six right. pack or whatever. <laughs> like, Again, would have been a bit more compelling. Yeah. Would have given them a stronger bond. Or her even being like, I don't love you like this like i loved right who you were before which i I don't even know if i would have wanted that but like something and yeah anything more but no she's like you're hot now (laughs) yeah she she does kind of which he is like and that that's the only part i didn't like of the whole jared leto of it all was like his like um really reborn scene i guess it's better than when we got Matt Smith dancing around. I enjoyed that. It, Look, well, if you've been like crutches bound I, or like bedridden your whole life, you wouldn't dance I don't, a little? I, no, that's not what that's about. Yeah, sure. But like where it came in the movie, I was like, what the fuck is this? I we're honestly the, loved it. We're in the middle of the plot and then you just get him dancing around to something for like a full like minute and a half. It was not that long. It was like, Okay. Half of that it was him felt, putting his suit on. So his suit with that had a matching that, that pattern to his shirt. That was the only part that concerned me was that the <laughs> that tie whole, matched no, the that shirt. No, that whole scene. I was like, "What are we doing?" Griffin was making like sighing noises in the movie theater, and the, I personally didn't say anything. But I was like, "I'm kind of loving this. <laughs> I love this for Matt Smith right now." It was like the Tobey Maguire dancing in Spider-Man no. Three. No, it was not. It was just as out of place. It was. A moment for Milo to be happy. Like, we wanted to see him embracing this new version of himself. But hadn't he already done some villainous shit by the time he did that? He had walked out of the prison. Okay. I think. And yeah, I'm sure he did something, but like, it was just showing him being like, I'm alive, you know? (laughs) Yes, I, I do. I get that. I thought it was great. I mean, and, like, we needed some levity in well, this movie. Well, maybe we needed some more of that, and I wouldn't have thought yeah. it was that out of I, place. I do think maybe another scene similar to that. Like, Michael just, was such a downer this I know, whole movie. But I, think, I think when we just established where it was in the timeline, you go from him, like, leaving the prison and Michael being like, Milo, Milo, and then him being like, he's, like, dancing around. It's like playing that song, and I was just like. No, he caught up to Milo. And then they had a big fight. Yeah, so this was, like, later. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so he kills, like, eight guys. Yes. And drinks all Which their blood. Which is the only murder he ever commits in the whole movie, allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Yeah, he kills eight guys, drinks and their blood. And everyone is, like, they probably deserved it. 
Like, they're already <laughs> making an excuse. Like, you're right. They want him to be the hero, so they're already like, it's not really that big of a deal. These were kind of bad dudes. Right, which is honestly why I was kind of a little disappointed that it wasn't Morbius that killed that nurse, because that would have been sad, but, like, Give us some Heavier, like, yeah. like yeah, okay. You're you're a conscious vampire. You have no moral quandaries because you haven't killed anybody except for the people that everyone said deserved to die. Which like, who did they, did they actually deserve to die? These mercenaries, or were they just like dicks? I think they probably. Well, I don't think we're we're here to judge. You know, that's for <laughs> a higher power. That's for a uh, what's her name for Moon Knight? I forget, but. Um, I think it would have been out of place for him to have killed the nurse, though, because he had made a very conscious decision Yes, it to go down the path, not even of, like, the blood he had stored, but of the, what is it, the, what do they call it? Artificial blood. Artificial blood. Right. No, it, it definitely would have been out of place, but I also thought that they just needed to give him a bit more, I don't know, a bit, a bit more of a, like, put him in more Stakes. of a gray area. If they're going to like go down this like anti-hero route, I don't know. So he gets back to New York, and this is when we get Tyrese. <laughs> Tyrese and his buddy, FBI agents. The other one is played by this guy named Al Madrigal, who I could have sworn I recognized. And I was shocked because I swear he got more lines than Tyrese did throughout the movie. I don't know if you thought that, but... Yeah, no, he was, like, a big part of it. Yeah. He was the one that brought, like, holy water to the interrogation. Right. Which that, I thought, was also a compliment of the movie, was that they were making fun of the classic... Vampire tropes. Vampire tropes. Like, the... Martine was, like, reading about vampires, and he's like, yeah, no, I have a like an a medical thing that will reverse this well i will that will kill us right but like it was just like i liked that they dismissed the silliness of the vampire thing and i didn't know that there was like a heat thing for vampires yeah that was i didn't understand that that can you explain it yeah they're like at a um michael and martine are at a diner and she offers him his uh her coffee and he like goes to grab it and then acts like he recoils when he grabs the mug and then he's like, I'm not that kind of vampire. And I only know a couple things about vampires. The stake through the heart, holy water, garlic, and that they can't come through a door unless you like, welcome the... Oh, right. and, the ref- and you, can't, you can't see your reflection in the mirror. Right. Uh, the, the heat thing is unfamiliar. Uh, uh, I mean, we've uh, all seen Blade, right? We all, we all have seen Blade. We've seen no Blade. No sunlight. That is also true. Well, don't worry, there was no sunlight in this movie. <laughs> no, there was not. Which apparently this movie took place in a week. Yeah, he was like, this is after everything that's happened this week. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Which honestly does kind of make sense that it was only a week. Hell of a week, though. And like, yeah, really depleting his um, resistance to the artificial blood or whatever. It never got down past four hours and 22 minutes, No, it, I think that was what it was applying, implying at the very end, that it was, like, under three hours. Oh, uh, right. Or something like Duh. that. No, it definitely was. So Milo starts to get mad at Michael because Michael has found a cure, quote-unquote cure. Uh, it has caused him to be addicted to blood, and Milo doesn't care. He wants some of that sweet, sweet goodness. Honestly, if I was... Milo, Lucian, I would be mad. 
I would be like, you're, you seem fine to me. And I definitely would be too. You're, I you're drinking that artificial blood. Also, like, I don't, like, death is worse than what I'm living through right now. And I want what you have. Totally. I thought that he was a, a really good stakes to this villain. Like, way better, like, again, comparing it to Venom, like, a way better villain than Woody Harrelson, honestly. Like, I was rooting for him so much that I, like, cared about him, but I wasn't, like, rooting for him to win. Right. And they did do the thing that people kind of get mad about, which is um, having the villain of the movie just be, like, a mirror of the hero of the movie. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does sometimes, but not for this. It made it sense made sen- for this. Yeah, it totally made sense for this. Um, I think the worst... I'm, I'm trying to think and of like what how the worst they, defender is. It like it was part of the movie throughout, like how they dealt with their the same disability, like Matt Smith, seemingly just stays at home, like doesn't hold down a job or whatever, and then Michael is like ferociously like learning and trying to find this like cure, and has like gone through school and is like trying to use all of the time he has. Like, efficiently, which I'm not saying either way is wrong. Like, deal with your disability in the way that you can. But, like, it is so interesting to see how they both approach it. Definitely. And then, like, that is clear how they, given the same quote-unquote cure, how they then go on very different paths. I think that's the the strongest thread of this movie. Well, yeah, I know. I, I just explained, like, the crux of it. Like, I'm not, like, saying anything groundbreaking. Like, this was the no, whole point of the just, movie. No, that's the driving But I thought force. it was a good point. Like, I... The it movie was... itself was, like, good. It just, like, we were just starting to say, like, the ending is very abrupt. There is nothing coming out of this movie that seems important. There was a lot of, like... I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, it was, like, a good script that was butchered by the director or the studio or the editors because we were looking at the writers of this movie and they do not have, like, a great... Yeah, the writing uh, was... We had the baseline. Yeah. They did the baseline. the, The story at its core was good, but they made, like, a lot of bad decisions around yeah. it. And you should work on that, Sony. Like, there wasn't much to the writing, like you had the opportunity to go really deep with these characters because they, especially Michael and Milo, had such deep trauma in their childhood that you could have really delved into and, like, worked more with that relationship with, um, what is Nicholas? Nicholas, yeah. Yeah, instead they went as surface level as you possibly can. Yeah, and, like, this whole love interest. And then, like, clearly Matt Smith was in love with Jared Leto, so, like, uh, so many missed opportunities. That is the name of this movie, Missed Opportunities. (laughs) So Michael figures out he he has been arrested. He is in prison. Um, But Milo comes to visit him. and As his quote-unquote attorney, which I thought that part was funny. That was very sneaky. And it does not take very long to deduce that Milo has taken the cure and he was the one that killed the nurse in the hospital. Well, he straight up says it. I really like the reveal of him going to visit him, gives him a pouch of blood, and then we don't see it, but he leaves his cane behind, and then he walks out of the prison. He starts out with a limp and then slowly is, like, walking typically. And, like, that was, I thought, a great scene. That was probably, if I, we haven't been doing this in a while for, like, the movies, but, like, favorite scene of the movie. Oh, you're right. 
That was one of my favorite scenes of the movie was him walking out of the prison. Yeah, that was really good. A nice reveal. Yeah, because like we didn't we didn't know at that point. Like we knew as soon as they introduced it that he was eventually going to get his hands on that serum. But like at that point, I didn't know that. Mm-mm. I mean, we could have guessed, but like it was. It, I thought that was done really well. It was. Yeah, I'll give him and that. again reminded me a little bit of Daredevil, where he goes into the prison, like, oh, I need help, like I need the guide, like because I can't see, but yeah. like he's really fine and can like definitely handle being in the prison by himself, right? And like again, I I don't know, I just. Little little tiny things that were like daredevil to me. I love that. I mean, like I just, you're right. I just wasn't thinking about that at all. I would love to hear if anybody else kind of got that vibe too. Um, that sorry, it just reminded me of the way that Jared Leto drinks the blood out of the pouches is the only acting choice that I really didn't like that Jared Leto did. Yeah, it's like he it's really like looked, a Capri Sun without the straw. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Gogurt. <laughs> yeah, it was just aggressive, and like every time it was like, and I was like, <laughs> like I get it, like we're we're fiending. Tone it down, blood, Leto. We get it. Um, especially in that scene because he was like so angry at Matt Smith because he realizes because he left the cane and he like throws the cane and then he's like, but I need this blood and like right, and it was like real blood, right? Yeah, yeah, which he also was like mad about. Yeah. He needed it, you know? He needed his fix. He did. In terms of a, I don't know, is this a cinematography thing, a visual effects thing? What did you think of the... Like the smoky effect? Yeah, or like, yeah, the residue when they're like flying through the air and it's like, it's like a comic book, I guess, like where you get the residue. I think I liked it. It was, it was unique. Like, yeah, as far as effect goes, I think they overdid it a bit especially like when they were both fighting together in vampire form. Um, also, I feel like they, it was unbalanced. Like they did it way more for Morbius than they did for Matt, for uh, Milo. Yeah, they definitely did. I think I liked it overall. That was like about the only thing that I liked about these fight scenes because the rest of it was like chopped to you shit. You couldn't see anything. see anything. It was, it was, it was a very darkly It was lit extremely movie. dark. And then they're like chasing each other through the city and like slamming through walls. So there's like debris everywhere. Which we've seen other movies for the podcast that were darkly lit, most namely all of the Batman movies. Right. And it wasn't as bad as this. That's just a matter of, that's the cinematographer not really realizing. Just just pull out a bit and like let let the scene breathe and not just like have us in their faces the whole time. Because that's when it looks a little goofy is there's a couple shots of both Michael and Morbius like roaring into the camera. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't. I could do without that. Which I think the Batman used a lot of like close-ups for their fights, yeah. but it was done, I mean, obviously like way better. Like we're talking and, about apples and oranges, but like I, I think you could do fight scenes like close-up like that, but you're right. I mean, these fight scenes were like terrible and like had the, no stakes to them. The again. movie was pretty visually uninspired. Like, we needed a third, which I guess the police or Tyrese and what's his name were supposed to be like, the second villain, but like, not really. We didn't they get barely enough had a presence. adversary. Like, they we were, needed another adversary. Yeah, they were almost completely ineffective in their roles. So, I like. I can't think of a single like shot from this movie that stands out to me. For me, it was that that walkout of the police. Scene. Well, yes, I mean like a single frame. 
like if you were to like screenshot a frame of this movie and be like, damn, that was a good shot. Couldn't tell you one. Like Batman had a bunch of those. Like there was like a, uh, like the shot of him like standing like on the, the, like with the Gotham skyline behind him and doing things where you're like the upside down shot from the car crash, things like that. This movie just didn't have a moment that was like, oh shit. I think they did not like, oh my God, but like, they try to do this thing, which I guess is maybe a bats thing, is like that bats use velocity from other animals or from whatever's happening. With the train? Yeah, with the train. And then there's another part where like something's flying in the air. So he's like using that to like propel him upwards. And so like I feel like that sh- the, the train shot in particular was like maybe like the shot where he's like, yeah, looks like, like he's, it, was, um, it was cool. What is that called? When you're, um, um, like space jumping. Yeah. Like base jumping. Base jumping. Yeah. 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 space, but no. Yeah. I guess so. I I I mean, I don't think it has like shots like the Batman. I think it was just comparing it to the Batman is completely unfair. It was unfair, but. Because the Batman (laughs) also had better cinematography than like most most comic book movies. Most. Yeah. It it, just like any other like Oscar worthy movie, movie, but, um, I, I do think it had good good scenes like that. Like yeah. where, but I, I didn't like that they were doing the, they were relying on that so much, or at least not explaining it. Like somebody needed to explain bats more to us. If you <laughs> wanted to use like bat like things. Yeah. So they just have Morbius tell you like three things and they're like, trust us. They had some other like subtle things like where he's like hanging from the ceiling a couple of times. And like, that was very subtle. And I actually, I would say overall, I liked the subtleness of the bat stuff because I, I would assume that, going into this movie that they wouldn't have been as subtle. Just hitting you over the head with like, yeah. this is what bats do. And, but that whole, I, for lack of a better word, like using velocity, which I'm is probably not the scientific word, but like using airstreams was like very important to this movie. Like it wasn't just the train scene. It was a couple of times that they used. And I was like, is this a bat thing? Or are we just doing this? <laughs> Unclear. Cause then it, like the, whatever was happening visually was also like kind of like their own personal like airstream. So like it felt like it was important to the movie and I wanted to know why it was important. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Espinoza, director, please, please contact us. We have Danny, bat questions. What, what's going on? <laughs> Should we get to the end? Yeah. I mean, as far as plot, there's not a whole lot left here. Milo does some evil shit. He goes after, he goes after Nicholas because he sees him on the news. Well, Nick um, comes to visit. Nick comes to check in on him. Oh yeah, that's true. Because Nick puts it together. Right. Yeah. Because they have there's uh, CCTV footage of him attacking. And he somebody. thinks it's Morbius. And he's like, "What are you doing, Michael?" And then he realizes that it's Milo. And he's right. like, "This makes sense. This he's tracks." Like, he's like. Yeah, he's like, you're not the favorite Milo. I'm like, oh. A lot of daddy issues. Absolutely a lot of daddy issues. And I feel like more queer stuff happening in that scene, if you really want to delve into it. The way he, again, talks. Like, it is like another brotherly thing, but I feel like on another level, it's more than that. I I did. <laughs> I Googled it for a sec because I was like, is anyone else getting this? Like, I don't I don't know. And there, there was a thing... Um, published on there's an opinion article on the Houston press saying that they're uh, 
their opinion is that Morbius is an AIDS revenge story. Uh, yeah, I well, like I said at the beginning, like there was definitely some. I well, I thought it was going to be like an AIDS thing, and then they kind of moved away from it, which I was glad. But I felt like the way that Davies kids were ostracized from the other kids felt like AIDS, and like I thought they were setting them up as lovers, so it was like yeah, doubling down on the AIDS thing and like having a stigma. Because, like, they were definitely stigmatized in the same way that AIDS was. Yeah. But you could also make that argument for, honestly, anyone with a, a visible disability is right. stigmatized. But. And, I mean, this article was also saying that Venom turned the queerness up to high levels and then this jacked it up even further. So I don't think you're the only one thinking this. I'm, I knew I wasn't the only one. I was being polite to you for not getting it. Well, thank you. You're, the, you're certainly <laughs> the only one here of the two of us that was like, huh. But that's on me, not... Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying like everyone did, but I know I, I couldn't be the only one because that's not something I always pick up on either. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, daddy, brother, maybe. Um, either way, unrequited love Nicholas issues. is daddy. Yeah. No matter what, no matter how we're looking at this. And um, he straight up says it. Yes. <laughs> it, what is it? It's Daddy Cross. <laughs> yeah. Um, Things go Love, pr- uh, honestly, Matt, all of the acting was great. Yeah. Just sorry. I just, that scene in particular was also like a really good acting moment from Matt Smith and. From yeah, no, all the main actor. cast was good. Some of the side actors had a couple Whatever. of rough moments. They're fine. Um, things go poorly for Nicholas. Um, he gets wrecked by Milo. Rest in pieces. <laughs> um, and Michael does not get there in time to help him. Well, Michael has been summoned because I think Milo forced Nicholas to call Michael. He's there and as like watching Nicholas die. But Milo has gone to Martine. They basically just switch spots. Right. And off screen, he mortally wounds her. And I, I wasn't sure if she was actually going to die or not. Oh, I assume. Well, and then Morbius sucks her blood. Yeah. But I was like, she's going to be a vampire. Did you in my head. did you get like in that scene? Um, I did see that I, I wasn't exactly sure what the chain of events was. I know that some blood was transferred. Did you get what I was think happening? She bit him. Yeah, that and her his blood went into her, which is what will make her a vampire. Yeah, that's what I saw. But like, I wasn't. I didn't quite get that because I was like, who bit who? I don't. I don't know. But yeah. And then he does suck her blood. Yeah. Which I was like, this is a real Twilight moment, y'all. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, now you know. He's a little... (laughs) I didn't explain it if you didn't. Okay, fine. If you didn't know, which you clearly don't, that Bella said specifically that Edward had to be the one to turn her to a vampire. And so she's giving birth, which is a very different scene than what we have here. (laughs) And she's about to die, and he converts her. He's got got a biter. Yes, but then he has to like stop himself from like actually killing her. Right. We don't we don't get into that here, but no. I feel like it was the subtext was there. It was clearly a Twilight ref. I think <laughs> just like it was clear, clearly, it was clearly obviously. a Twilight reference. We need to. If need you to, know, you know. <laughs> we need to interview this director and be like, tell us more about your 
overt Twilight references. I honestly do feel like there were some Twilight <laughs> references. And it was just so funny because we were just talking to some people that like didn't want to see the Batman because Robert Pattinson is the Twilight guy. And I was like, you should be more concerned about seeing Morbius because <laughs> this feels like the Twilight guy. Like... <laughs> Way more than, like, anything Robert Pattinson has been in since Twilight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sad that he still can't shake that. Yeah. um, Yeah, that was... We we talked to two people that were... That thought of him as the Twilight guy. They couldn't get past it, and we were... We were really pushing them to to watch it. I mean, it's a little late. It's out of theaters, I think, probably. No. Or it's getting there anyway. At least at the theater we go to, there's probably only, like, two showings a weekend for it. Um... But yeah, we're pretty much at the end here. It's because the last thing he does is, is... Is the last thing he does bite her? No. Well, he put injects uh, Milo. Right. Is after. Yes. They then, have like a tussle where they fall from a building oh, yeah. and you can't see anything. And then... That's where you really couldn't see anything. They're on the ground right. and they have a fight and I guess you can kind of see the fight and then he injects him. I was... Honestly, if I'm if I'm being really honest with the listeners here, I was about to fall asleep because I'd had some mead and it was like not that exciting of a movie. I was getting a little sleepy. <laughs> and I was like really just trying to stay awake at this point. You know, it's funny because we were like, damn, this is this is gonna be a short movie. And I was like, this I was like, thank feel God like a it's movie. a short movie. Um But I then saw, it ended so abruptly. I saw a tweet from this person who was like, I saw Morbius with my wife. And she was like, it was okay, but like, it really didn't need to be over two hours. And he was like, it was an hour and 40 minutes long. And she was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, like, I agree. But then he injects him. Then he kind of flies off. We get the scene where we see that she like opens her eyes. Well, he flies off. And then was that part of the like first post credit Yeah, no, no, that was before the post credit scenes. Which, fine. Like, I assume that was going to happen. Yeah, he just like fucks off. Yeah, he doesn't even go and check on her. And then it's like Morbius. And like, (laughs) I have never seen a movie that has ended immediately after the final fight scene. I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that. There's a. uh, Where there's not at least a conversation, a a dialogue. There was no dialogue after. No, there's no. Like, you're talking about like that patient at the hospital in the coma? Yeah. Could have gotten something with that, right? He could have gone to check on her. She could have had a miraculous recovery without the uh, vampire stuff. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is what this is what the ending of this reminded me of. Um, this is a this, there's a YouTube video out there. This is a this is not a visual medium, but I need to communicate this to the audience and my my co-host. Uh, it's called the proper way to end your film, and I think Daniel Espinosa took some cues from this when he directed Morbius. Two guns go off, and then <laughs> we get there's frame. just like a title sequence of what happened. Freeze frame, smash to caption, credits roll. This is what we were dealing with. I mean, honestly, and then they do like two post-credit scenes that are not like that are really immediate. One is like immediately after like the Morbius like end scene. Right. We maybe which get. Is him like on a bridge or something i don't know where he is 
Wait. Wait. The first scene, we don't even see. The first postcard scene has no Morbius at all. What is it? It's just, it's fucking Adrian Toomes being oh, well, wait, what's teleported him? in. Okay, well, then what's right before that? He's, like, on a bridge or something? Is that just the end of the movie? Is he just standing Maybe. on a bridge? Well, I don't even know if it's a bridge. Like, he's somewhere. He just, like, leaves. He's okay. just, like, wandering away I don't or know somewhere. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so the first post credit scene... All right. Uh, preface this with... Maybe the two worst post credit scenes in modern comic book oh, movies. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, well, both of them happen like before the actual credits roll. And normally one of those post credit scenes would happen like all where you have to watch, which I don't know if there was something. We didn't stay for all of the credits I, to roll. I would have fallen asleep. Yeah, no, we had to get out of there. Uh, Us and the four other people in the theater. I think some people were staying. I felt bad that we didn't stay, but what were we going to do? No regrets. Did you see, was there something we missed? But they, they did have two technically post-credit scenes. They had one immediately after the Morbius thing, which is what you're about to explain, and then another one after, like, the mid-credit roll or whatever they call that. Right. So, yeah. So, sorry, it, please, no, please okay, go No, so on. there were just two, so I think that's what, that's what we have here. So, like I was saying, these scenes were both impressively bad because we'll get into, like, why after we explain what happened. First one, we see uh, a glimpse of that purple sky business from the end of Spider- Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, you Which know, we, you whispered to me. Right. So, that's wait, what did I say? That's from... Right, that's from Spider-Man No Way Home. Which... I thought that it was just like a Morbius thing because by the end of the movie, he's got a purple, purple power thing, whatever that is that's trailing behind him, a purple snail thing. Purple snail trail. Yes, he has a purple <laughs> snail trail. So, like, yeah, I was like, oh, that looks that's it's identical effects wise. No, you're spot but on. But well, what they made a bad choice. They show it for like two seconds. Sure. It is not clear what's happening. Pan to a prison cell. And Michael Keaton materializes into thin air after looking at himself in the mirror and pinching himself to make sure he's real. He said, I hope the food's better in this joint, which is maybe the most casual response to being warped into another universe ever. All of Michael Keaton's lines sounded like they were dubbed in. I think they were. I think the, I think Especially it was all Especially the second post credit scene which i forgot which i'm glad i forgot that you had said that the vulture was in this movie he was in the trailer and he was not in this movie i thought he was going to be like when you said that like a character in this movie and they were gonna have to somehow explain like why the other vulture is now in this version of the sony verse and instead it's this like they're trying to, again, copy Venom where they're like, ooh, look, like, someone from Spider-Man is now in our universe. Like, ooh, look what we have here. Because they don't have Kevin Feige telling them that they can't do it, so they're, they're gonna, doing they, it. Of course they're going to do it. And it was bad. So the, the first credit scene was... Also, what a disappointment if you thought that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie, which, again, uh, I knew and I'm going to get into something else that was... All right, but so the the first credit scene was already bad. Like it was, like, but it was like whatever. Like that's a it's a. It was the better of a, the it's two. It's a no way home. It was tease. better of the two. Right. 
And I was like, all right, whatever. This doesn't make any sense, but okay. Second post credit scene rolls around. Morbius, and by this time, our theater had turned the house lights all the way up. We couldn't see shit. Morbius driving his car into the middle of the desert. Which we haven't seen him drive a car once. Nope, he's no longer in New York. Unclear where he is. Stops middle of nowhere. And what do we maybe have? Maybe this is what I was thinking. <laughs> maybe. Um, Vulture flying in with his Vulture suit. Where does he, he get Which he was it? not wearing when he was teleported into the universe. And proceeds to say some of the worst lines in the We're entire silent. movie. It didn't even sound like Michael Keaton. Like, I thought it was a different I'm, voice. I'm not convinced it was, because he never takes his mask off. It did not sound like him. So it's it's like a vulture costume, but it's a slightly different vulture costume. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same. And he's like, I don't know how I ended up here. Must be something to do with Spider-Man, I guess. We should One. all team up. One, about Spider-Man. He has no beef with Spider-Man right now. Like, at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, he didn't give up his identity. He, he didn't give up his identity, but I feel like he's got some beef. He doesn't remember who Peter Parker is. So that, what do you mean? No one remembers who Peter Parker is. But he no, he's now in this I, universe, so he so, might not be there for the memory lapse. But, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I'm There's, just saying, if he was transported when all the other guys were transported into that universe and he never got back into the... <laughs> Tom Holland's universe, like he okay. wouldn't have been there for that spell. Is all okay. I'm gonna That's give fair. him that. That's I'm fair. gonna give him that. That's fair. Also, he doesn't say Peter Parker. He just says, he says Spider Man. Which one? He has no reason to think it has anything to do with Spider Man because, as far as I know, no one knew. Like that was like a Doctor Strange. Like he doesn't know that that would have to do with Spider Man. Right. Like no matter what. Two. Morbius has no idea who Spider Man is. Three. Why would why would anyone be getting teleported out? of the universe except for venom like the rules that were set by that spell this makes no sense for him to be well no it should be coming into a different universe right like adrian tomb should not have been expelled from that he didn't do anything to be affected by that spell he would have just forgotten who peter parker was period not gotten teleported to the sony verse it makes no sense and then he's like he's like i've been reading about you doctor we should team up and morbius is like I'm intrigued or something. Oh, yeah. Which is like, why? You're intrigued by this crazy person in a... Because he's also a bird? Is it like a flying affinity? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to call it the birds of prey. No, wait, we can't use that. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Um, Um, Yeah, so really bad. And like we said, this movie could have had teeth and it could have linked some stuff. And this was not the way to do it. So... Bring in Dr. Dan. Please, for the love of God. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there's a couple other things that I want to mention (laughs) regarding these, the the Spider-Man shit, because we're in this weird place where I, what I think happened here was, like I said, the first trailer for Morbius came out two years ago. This movie was supposed to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home did. And Spider-Man No Way Home oh, interesting. was supposed to come out before, um, I, no, Spider-Man was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the multiverse stuff got All fucked got up by COVID. Up. So I think what the original plan was... This was clearly shoehorned in. Well, the first trailer, which came out way long ago, had Michael Keaton in it. And the scene that Michael Keaton was in in that trailer was not in this movie. He was, like, in jail with Morbius. We never saw that. And I have a sneaking suspicion, 
which has been confirmed with some of the stuff that the director says, if No Way Home had not happened, they would have just proceeded with this movie and put Adrian Toomes in there with no multiverse business and just been like, yeah, this is in the same universe as Spider-Man No Way Home. They should have just done that anyway. Also, he has a different last name. Well, it's it's Adrian Toomes in the MCU. I said that. Yeah, I was saying. And you said no. I was saying yeah. He has a different last name from Liz Allen. Like his that was like that was uh, a part of the twist in Homecoming. His daughter has a different last. Yeah, because like we knew his name. I think in the beginning they were like. I think I they talked about it. I don't remember them ever saying Toomes. I don't know. Well, maybe they didn't. But I think that was part of it. Was why like, does she have a different last name? I assume um, her mom's it's like a last second, name, or like a second marriage thing with yeah, or with her mom or something. I don't know. Maybe a second marriage. That like, would change her last name. No, it wouldn't. But yeah, I guess it's her mom's last name. Weird. Um, Sounds like she should be related to Barry Allen, if you know what I mean. I do. DC drama. <laughs> well, anyway. the the director has been like in interviews being like, yeah, we had to change a bunch of stuff after Spider-Man No Way Home came out because we didn't know what those visual effects looked like. So we had to add all that in later. And so this guy had no idea what was going on. I think I do feel bad for them. All of the Michael Keaton stuff was entirely Sony being like, y'all like get the CGI guys in. We got to change all this shit now. Just cut it or just kept it as it was. And like, not worry about the MCU. Like, I personally am not asking for the Sony-verse to cross over with the MCU. I think it's fun what they're doing with Venom. I think it would be excellent if they decided to bring Andrew Garfield into that world and keep Tom Tom Holland in the MCU. They have lots of options there. Bring Tobey Maguire in every once in a while for a guru. I don't give a fuck, but keep them separate. Yeah, like, well, and I I think what, what happened is very fortunate because I think if it hadn't been for No Way Home, uh, we wouldn't, even though the multiverse stuff is like clunky and awkward, it, they would have just tried to make their movies in the MCU. And it would have been a Which one-sided relationship. They can't do that. That's like... Yeah, it wouldn't make sense, but they would have tried. Yeah. So, the, and, so not only did we get those teases, there were a couple other things in the trailers that weren't in the movies. Um, one of the trailers had the Oscorp building from The Amazing Spider-Man... Andrew Garfield. Which people were like, uh, uh. And of that course, they acceptable. removed that. Wow. And then the first trailer had... They didn't need to do that. Graffiti of what looked like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man on a wall that said murderer over it, which so many people were theorizing about gone. And the director was like, I had nothing to do with putting that in the trailer. And everyone's like, oh my God. That would have been fun if they had left that in. Even if they weren't going to do no, anything with it, I mean, just to it leave worked it in. in the trailer because I think they were just trying to drum up hype because people were going ballistic. And then, yeah, they were like, this, it was absolutely nothing. People have been talking about it for two years and it meant nothing. Yikes. And all we got was, <laughs> was this. So the hype didn't work. Um, no one went to see this movie. Honestly, if someone asked me, should I go see it? I'm like, it wouldn't be a big deal if you saw it. Like, like it's keep not, expectations. It's not going to blow your mind. It's, yeah. it's kind of boring, but, but also, like, like, it's inoffensive. It would be fine to go see it if you want to go see a movie in theaters. Right. I would say right now, maybe go see... Uh, I don't know. What else is right now? No, I'll, I'll cut that. Well, I want to see some movies. I'll just, I'm going to cut that train of thought. 
But um, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we came in with really low expectations. Espe- honestly, especially because it's probably not going to end up on streaming somewhere. So like you might as like, I think it's worth watching, I guess. Right. Which I'm surprised that I'm even saying that, but I, I'm like glad we saw it, I guess. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're curious. Like it wasn't so heinous or horrendous. I'm like, oh my God, this was like horrifying and like. How dare they do X, Y, and Z? And like, this was like just so, you know, it wasn't any of those things. It was like, right. Needed it, to be fleshed out more. It needed a better ending. Needed a little bit more stakes to it. But I bet, you know, there's a diehard Morbius fan out there that's like punching the air right now. But as someone I feel that like knows a diehard Morbius fan would be the most disappointed because they probably had high expectations that's what for I, what you could do with That's Morbius. what I mean. That's why, like, I think some diehard Venom fans No, I did. thought punching the air was like, woo! No, I meant, like, maybe punching, <laughs> maybe punching a wall would be better. <laughs> we have very different ideas of punching the air. Some of us punch up and some of us punch down. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean... Um, well, maybe we should try and wrap up then. Yeah, we've said a lot about this, um, but this has been a fun conversation. What was your favorite scene from the movie? I'm going to copy you. No. Just kidding, you can. Well, if you want, I can try to think of something else. Um, I did not mind... I feel like you wouldn't even remember the scene I said if I had... You did remind me of it, <laughs> but I mean... I wasn't prepared to do the best scene game for this movie. I didn't mind the one on the freighter ship when he was killing everybody. I, yeah. I liked um, that was all like, the ship stuff was pretty. That good. was one of the points where the darkness in the movie worked really well. And I wish they had gone like more. They tried to make it a bit more horror movieish, but it didn't quite. The scene it. with the nurse was very horror movie. Yeah. Actually, I meant to talk about that. Like with the, the lights. lights, it came. felt very actually Moon Knight, which we're obviously watching yeah. right now. Yeah, that that worked better as a horror scene than the boat one, but I, I liked the. It did if they were gonna keep that style consistent, which they didn't. Mm. Like I wish they had just shot the whole thing like it was a horror movie. Honestly, that would have been cool. That would have like, been. This would have been a really cool like horror movie, like flipped on its head type of thing. That would have been much better. Where it had been framed that way. You could have done the whole movie where you're thinking Morbius is the villain and it's like a horror movie, but he's like really the one trying to like save everybody and like fight the other guy and like they wouldn't have shown it the whole movie and then they did it like a moon knight thing have him like wake up like see these scenes of a vampire like brutally killing people and then have like morbius like wake up and like see all this stuff on the news and like not know if he's the one that did it and then have the milo reveal like later right we're like we're seeing it in real time but we just can't see who it is yeah yeah that would have been sick yeah i feel like they could have done a really cool like cinematic thing with it with, Sony. A hor- with a horror movie vibe. Sony. And just We're like, out here. Not like a parody, but kind of a parody of a horror movie. Yeah. Because it's clearly not a horror we're like, movie. Or like an homage. Yeah. Yeah. Sony. You know, you, you don't have to hire the guys that wrote the, the last Witch Hunter again. We're right here. We're right here. Um, Anyone that you'd want um, Morbius to fight? I guess he's a Spider-Man villain. So... Spider-Man, I guess. I he's so like I I, I struggle to He's so to easily him. beaten. <laughs> he, <laughs> I just there's no one. Like, what's he gonna do against like Iron Man? He can't bite him. Well, <laughs> sure. Do you think he could beat the Hulk if he could bite him? Um, you know, it does what raise the question of what could puncture the Hulk's skin. Gamma radiation. He, I think he would just get radiation poisoning. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we saw uh, 
I mean, the, the Hulk has gotten bit one time and he did, you know, he's bleeding his green blood everywhere. That would be an interesting, that has almost certainly happened in the comics before, if I had to guess. But I, I, Spider-Man also has radioactive blood, so maybe it's, it's played to that too. Yeah, I, I think it would be bad news bears if he actually drank Spider-Man's blood. Yeah, doesn't seem good for the health. He's he like he a doctor. He, you think he would know better. Spider-Man could easily defeat Morbius. Yeah. Doctor Morbius. This Morbius is going to have to step it up a notch if he wants it to stand a chance. But um, what about Morbius versus Venom? Venom. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, but they'll find a way to make it an even match when they inevitably go toe-to-toe. It, like you said earlier, how is there not... I just don't understand. How is there not a Venom tease in the post credit scenes? Or a Craven Hunter thing, because that's like what they're right. writing on next. They're shooting that right now. You could just get, get Aaron Taylor Johnson to fly over, hold a spear or something. I don't... Like, I, they really, like, attach their harness to Michael Keaton. Right, for some reason. And was anyone asking for that, including Michael Keaton? Look, I'm I'm kind of glad that they grabbed him and they didn't take... Uh, Scorpion over there somehow because I, I I really want Scorpion to come back. Michael Mando, if they don't ever bring him back, I'll be disappointed. So at least he still has a chance. Oh, like Nacho? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening along. Tell us if you understood the homoerotic nature of this movie, and leave us a five star review. Yeah. And until next time, we are out of the Superverse.